From WEDU-PBS, this is Be More Unstoppable. For more than 30 years, the Guardian Ad Litem program has exclusively represented the best interests of children in the state of Florida court system. In Hillsborough County alone, more than 3,500 neglected, abused, and abandoned children have been removed from their homes and placed in the custody of the dependency court system. With no family available to speak for them, the child's fate falls into the hands of the courts. Guardian Ad Litem volunteers have the power to help give these kids a voice. On this episode, we sit down with Yvonne Maroney, Community Outreach Coordinator, to learn about the impact that volunteers have on both the life of a child in need and within the court system. Our judiciary truly appreciates the work and the effort and the time that our volunteers spend gathering the information and, and being that gap filler for these children. And they, they do take everything that the, our volunteers say into consideration. Every child deserves a champion. Every child deserves someone who knows what color eyes they have and will consistently report that truthful information to the court. And that's so important. We also speak with Derek Perez, a Guardian Ad Litem volunteer. Derek grew up in the foster care system, and he uses his past personal experiences to help guide other foster kids into a successful future. The number one thing I remember from some of the things I experienced in foster care was feeling alone. That is one thing I promise the kids on my caseload will not experience. And I can tell you one common thing that this group of young adults, you know, we all express is from most of them, it's our guardian at Lida made a huge difference. You talk to foster families and adoptive families, they'll tell you the same thing. A guardian at Lida made a huge difference. In areas of a, if a case where things aren't moving, the guardian at Lightham came in and we got things moving. I know being there and doing that, it doesn't take away the trauma, it doesn't take away the damage, but it's almost like damage control it. It alleviates some of that pressure. Welcome to our Be More Unstoppable podcast. We have guardian Ad Lightham with us today. Yvonne Maroney is the community outreach coordinator. And we also have Derek Perez with us, who I guess we can call you volunteer extraordinaire. Absolutely. <laughs> well, welcome and thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Let's start with a simple question, Yvonne. What exactly is the Guardian Ad Litem Program? The Guardian Ad Litem Program is a state agency who represents children that are in foster care. Um, we do that with a multidisciplinary team made up of volunteers, which are all amazing, we have a child advocate manager that helps the volunteer navigate the child dependency system. And then we have our program attorneys who are in court fighting for the rights of these children and giving them a voice, using the recommendations made by the volunteers who have built a relationship with the child, and then you know working within Statute 39 to make sure that the children are heard in court. So one of the most important elements of guardian ad litems is the volunteer, correct? Absolutely. We couldn't do it without him. What kind of person makes a good guardian ad litem volunteer? Someone who has a heart for children, someone who's willing to give of themselves and and know that there's going to be times when they're going to be at the highest of highs and, and be so thrilled that, that everything's moving the way it should. And then also be willing to take the times when they're going to be at the lowest of lows, when things aren't moving the way that they should. 
And all of that can happen very quickly and, and at the same time sometimes. The more varied experience that someone has, the better volunteer opportunity that, that we think they'll make for us. What kind of responsibilities does a guardian ad litem have? I think for a lot of people, when they hear the guardian ad litem program, they understand that it is a, a volunteer and a person who comes into a court system and is a voice for that child. But what exactly does that entail? Um, it really entails having a relationship, make, getting a relationship with the children, learning their likes and wants and needs. And then it takes less than 15 hours a month. So we average between 10 to 12 hours a month working with the children, listening to what, what needs to be done, sharing that information back to the program. And then court only happens about every 60 to 90 days. So this is so doable by anyone who has 10 to 12 hours a month, probably about the time that they would normally, you know, binge a a new show or, or that kind of thing. So it, it's really doable by anyone and everyone. What kind of children does guardian ad litem serve? Like what are the circumstances that a child is assigned a guardian ad litem? Um, that would be a child who there's an alleged abuse, abandonment, or neglect charge for those children. And our program is appointed by the court. And here in Hillsborough County, children are removed from their homes every day. And there are what we call a shelter hearing 365 days a year. Um, So on Christmas morning, when we're sitting with our family, unfortunately, there are families waiting to be heard in court because their children were removed the night before. It's heartbreaking. Um, We see, you know, 10, 12, 15 children a day sometimes on the shelter docket. And those children will now sleep in a new home. Or they slept in, really, they slept in a new home last night because they were removed from, from their home. And so those are the children that we work with. So now they're under state supervision in the foster care system. How big is the need? I I know that you work for Guardian Ad Litem in Hillsborough County, but Guardian Ad Litem stretches all over the state of Florida. So here in Central Florida, how big is the need? The need is so huge here. Hillsborough County has over 3,000 children in the foster care system. Um, That is Almost, it's more children in care in our county than any other county across the state. Um, when you add in Pinellas and Pasco, this little tri-county area has over 6,000 children currently in some type of out-of-home care. So the need for volunteers is, is just huge in this area. A little later on, I want to get into the actual process of becoming a volunteer for Guardian Ad Litem, but I am wondering... What is the difference between a volunteer guardian ad litem and, say, for example, a social worker or someone who is assigned to that child's case? Are they a similar thing? What makes a guardian ad litem different? What makes a guardian ad litem different is they have the time to spend with the child. They've chosen those children to work with. And so they're personally invested in those children. They don't work for anyone, and they're only there to be the voice of the child. And that's the biggest difference that I can say for, like, to a case manager. A case manager um, who's working with multiple families and multiple children, they only have 40 hours a week, and they have a boss to answer to. 
our volunteers, although they do report back to our program everything that they've learned about the family and the children, they're there to be that squeak behind the wheel to make sure that those children are getting everything that they need while they're in foster care. I've been noticing, Derek, you've been nodding your head up and down. So I I want to bring you in on this portion of the conversation. How long have you personally been a volunteer for Guardian Ad Litem? I've been a Guardian Ad Litem for a little over a year and a half now. What actually inspired you to become part of the program? Well, I was a kid in foster care myself for about eight years. Uh, I was adopted. And I know what it's like to, to be in the situation that some of these children unfortunately have to be in and go through and to have that have that mindset and to understand where they're coming from I felt it was a very important time for me to get involved and make a difference I I had custody of a sibling and I realized once again how broken the system was uh, and just trying to keep that sibling safe so you know, when they aged out and they left, I kind of said, you know, I'm not really done fighting and let me find out ways to get involved. And this right here was honestly the best opportunity for that. That's amazing. Can you share a little bit about your experience within the foster system? Did you yourself have a guardian ad litem or someone who was an advocate for you? I believe we did uh, in the very beginning. I had a difficult case. So I, I knew this was from 1999 uh, until probably 2004. And then and that when we were in that situation, but most importantly, you know, the system has, has many aspects to it, right? We have case management. We have, we have the parents, the, the caseworkers. There's a massive team that touches the life of one child. You know, my experience in the system, you know, was was very difficult. You know, there was things that happened that should not have happened. There are things that have been allowed to go on that people just brushed under the table. Mm-hmm. Once again, you know, that's just one of the things that motivate me to be become a member of that table and to kind of have that opportunity to speak out. I know that the conversation is really difficult when it comes to folks who work within the foster system, you know, caseworkers and stuff like that, because we are all very aware of the fact that these folks are stretched thin and the system is quite broken. For you, you got to see that firsthand. You got to experience what a lot of the kids today are potentially experiencing without that help of a guardian ad litem. That's right. You got to understand, it's more than just being stretched thin with these caseworkers. You know, they get into these professions thinking that, hey, we are going to be around children. We are going to be able to really serve children. But their role is a lot more complicated than that. They have to work with the parents. They have to work with the family members. They have to work with every aspect. And you know what? As a guardian at Leiden, we do the same. Mm -hmm. We don't do the same capacity as they do. We do it tailored towards the focus of the child. They cannot 100% serve one child. It seems like they have a lot of people speaking in their ear, and the voice that doesn't get heard enough is of the child. A hundred percent. And, you know, when you have a million things on your plate for a million other children— you can't focus on on certain needs that need to happen. And that's where we come in and we say, hey, here's this issue. We need to make sure we're doing this for this child. 
In your experience volunteering with Guardian Ad Litem, can you kind of touch on something that you saw firsthand that you were actually able to help a situation change? Without giving identifying aspects of this, you know, there was a teenage boy who was coming home from school, excited to come home to his caregiver's home and play video games, maybe sit down, have a snack and take a long nap. Came home to all his stuff packed in a trash bag. And um, to show up uh, and to be there and be there through the swing of emotions, through the crying, the screaming and CPS coming in and we're doing an emergency removal. It's difficult. You know, it brings up certain emotions that that come from prior experience. I would imagine, you know, for you, that's something that hits right into your heart. A hundred percent. But, you know, the number one thing I remember from some of the things I experienced in foster care was feeling alone. That is one thing I promise the kids on my caseload will not experience. So I know from that situation, when you get removed from a placement, everyone's freaking out trying to find your next placement. Where are you going to go next? And, um, you know, we went, we took them to the case management office and we sat there for hours until we found an overnight placement. But I sat there with those children and I made sure they had that familiar face. They know me and we spent time and then eventually moved over to their overnight placement. And I waited until they went to bed because I knew that they were going to get picked up very early in the morning, taken to school, and then they'll have another placement that night. But I, I wanted to make sure that they did not feel alone in the situation and then coming into a new home once again. And um, I know being there and doing that, it doesn't take away the trauma. It doesn't take away the damage, but it's almost like damage control. It, it alleviates some of that pressure. Let's talk a little bit about why it's important that a guardian ad litem is a volunteer, somebody who is not on the payroll. I think they bring fresh perspective to the table. Most of our guardians don't have any experience in the child welfare system. They've been successful business people. They've been um, stay-at-home moms. They've been uh, college students. And they bring clean eyes. And they just look at the, the child. They're so focused on the child that they come up with ideas that as long as we can make it work within the laws then, you know, the judge is open to those ideas because we know that maybe the system is challenged and and fatigued. Bringing those fresh ideas in for those children really does make a huge difference. Yeah, you're getting that outside perspective from somebody who isn't in there each day. I don't want to say blinders because I think that's kind of like the wrong verbiage. But, you know, sometimes when you're when you're in a situation so deep, you don't have a moment to step back. And And I think for child welfare, it's no different than any other profession. When A happens, we do B. When B happens, we do C. And what our volunteers come in with is, okay, this has happened. Let's see if we can start maybe at M or N rather than doing it in this systematic way Mm -hmm. that you know, that's what the way the book says it needs to be done. And so our volunteers kind of think outside that box, bringing fresh eyes and keeping that child's perspective. We've had volunteers when they go into court, make sure they always bring a picture of the children so that the judge is seeing the children. Many children come to court, but if the child's not there, if it's a baby or a younger child or they can't get away from school, having that picture of the child, that makes a difference, you know, because then that puts a face with the name. 
essentially volunteers, they're bringing in, like you said, those fresh ideas and being that extra cheerleader. Absolutely. And the cheerleader for sometimes it's the parents, too, because sometimes the parents need someone to say, oh, no, they've done that because here I've got I've got this information that it's been done because I've seen the visits. I've taken the time to go and sit and watch this interaction between this mother and child. And so I can tell you firsthand what's happening. Whereas, you know, it's very possible that the case manager who's sitting at the table has never seen that interaction because they they have too many children on their caseload. So as a guardian ad litem volunteer, you're speaking to both the child and the families. Are you gathering information from everyone? Is that correct? We touch every aspect. And this is the parents who are in the situation, the the judge, the attorneys, well, our attorneys through their attorneys, the schools. We're talking to the teachers. We're setting up IEPs, 504s. We're going to talking to the doctors. We're talking to the therapists. We're connecting with everyone that touches that child's life. We're looking at prospective placements. We're, we're, we're in every aspect of that child's life from their point coming into the system until six months after leaving the system. And we are there representing them. We are the definition of a GAL in, in the sense is we are legal representation for that child. And we have to make sure that all of these aspects are going the direction they're supposed to be going. Because I will say, you know, when you have a kid in the dependency system, believe it or not, in every aspect, the schools, the doctors, people don't know what you're supposed to do. And that's where we come in, and that's where a lot of the advocacy happens. You bridge that gap between all of them, essentially. Of course. Mm -hmm. Um, How much, I guess, pull does a guardian ad litem have within the system, like with the judges and with the lawyers? How much stake do they put in the guardian ad litem volunteers. Here in Hillsborough County, and this is the only county I can speak to, Mm -hmm. our judiciary truly appreciates the work and the effort and the time that our volunteers spend gathering the information and and being that gap filler for these children. And they they do take everything that our volunteers say into consideration. Mm -hmm. Our program makes recommendations to the court we don't make decisions. Okay. The judge ultimately makes the decision. Right. And so our recommendations are always based on facts. And that's where, you know, we always say our volunteers have four words that they will, you know, live and die by, basically. And that's investigate, facilitate, advocate, and monitor. And they do those constantly as they're working these cases. Now, I know earlier you mentioned that in order to be a volunteer, it could be anyone who simply cares about the life of a child and wants to make that child's life better. Does a person need a background in child advocacy, child care, or even a legal background to become a volunteer? What are some of the requirements for a volunteer? Well, they don't need any special training prior to coming to us to volunteer. We need you to be 19 years old, and then we need you to be willing to go through a 30-hour training program that we're going to provide for you and support you through it. Uh, We have an amazing trainer who helps us get everyone up to speed. And then we partner you with your child advocate manager. So you don't have to have any prior experience. Your prior experience will help you as you're moving forward, but you don't have to have any child welfare experience. 
Derek, I want to talk to you about your volunteer experience when it comes to the amount of hours that you put in. I think for a lot of people maybe who aren't familiar with guardian ad litem and you're hearing these stories about these emergency situations, it might be a little intimidating to think about becoming a volunteer. You are a full-time college student, correct? Correct. You also have a career. Correct. Talk a little bit about how guardian ad litem falls into place in your life. How much is the time commitment and how do you make it work for you? So I think I am... Oh, that's a difficult, I'm a difficult example because I, I take on more than the average volunteer. I have over 18 children here in Hillsborough County. You advocate for 18 children. That's correct. Wow. So I have over 18 children, which is just a couple of families. But the way I, I fit it in is, you know, you're right. I am full-time college. I'm going to school maybe two days a week. I have a lot of homework and stuff that I, I take on. Additionally, I'm, I'm a filmmaker, so I have that career and I have projects left and right. But, you know, the thing about, you know, being a GAL is you, you do your monthly visits. You know, you make your phone calls because there is a lot of phone calls. Caregivers will call you, hey, this is what's going on. You know, you want to stay in the loop. So there is some flexibility with part of what you do as a volunteer. It doesn't always have to be like an in-person thing. A hundred percent. I mean, even court now, and I know some aspects of it is is in person, but a lot of parts of court or even, you know, you do it through Zoom and um, you got to go and see the child. You got to go and see the child. And that's just one of the most important things that our program stresses and I believe is a huge aspect of what we do. So as long as you go and you spend like maybe an hour or two with that child uh, and then you go and you maybe occasionally take them out and just see what's going on in their life, it is truly an investment. And it's an investment that has a great reward. That was the reason why I wanted to bring this up. How incredible is it that you have a a full-time career, you're a full-time college student, and you advocate for so many children? But Yvonne, I wanted to ask you, is there a a minimum or a, a maximum amount of children that a person can advocate for? We ask that our volunteers take on one case. Okay. Derek stands out because he takes on multiple cases, and we we so appreciate that. However, we ask that you take one case, and one case could have one child or it could have six children. It just depends on how many children are in that family. So that's all we ask is one case at a time so that you can focus. You know what your schedule is. We, We don't know what you do in your off time. We just ask that you work with one case at a time. And when you say take on a case, Is this a relationship that a person has for years? Is it until, like, where's the finish line? Where, like, the success story? So the success story would be for a child to be reunified with their parents or find an adoptive placement. Permanency is the success story. Okay. And safe and loving homes. That's that's where we're successful. And that typically will take about 22 to 24 months working through the system of care. Although, you know, some cases end shorter and with a shorter time, but on average, it's about 22 to 24 months. What kind of impact has Guardian Ad Litem made in our area? Do you have concrete numbers of this is why we do what we do? A child with a Guardian Ad Litem is four times more likely to graduate from high school than a child without a Guardian Ad Litem when they're in the system of care. Children with a guardian ad litem spend less time in out-of-home care. 
They'll have fewer court continuances. They'll get more services while they're in care. It's really hard to put concrete numbers with that kind of thing, you know, because we don't do charts that quantify like that. <laughs> right, right. But just to know that, you know, the, the percentages of success for that child, you are aware. That is something that is tangible, that these kids, they have a better chance of graduating from high school, for example. Right. I, imagine every child deserves a champion. Every child deserves someone who knows what color eyes they have and will consistently report that truthful information to the court. And that's so important. Do you do anything outside of simply advocating for the child? I know that prior to us starting the podcast episode, you two were talking about um, Christmas gifts, that kind of thing. What other things does Guardian Ad Litem do to enrich the lives of these children? We are so fortunate here at the Guardian Ad Litem program in Hillsborough County to have a nonprofit called Voices for Children who helps us hand in hand with our volunteers. When a child needs something, our nonprofit is willing to step to the table to make that happen. And so they make life more normal for the children that are in foster care. Being in foster care is not normal and it stinks, just to put it as mildly as I can. But our nonprofit really steps in and helps out with things, maybe like a camp for maybe a football player or a cheerleader or a dance camp maybe special shoes to run track. I'm going back through some of the requests that I've seen. When the pandemic hit and we needed children to stay at home to go to school, the nonprofit stepped in and helped with tablets and computers because many children didn't have access to go to school. Um, So we're very fortunate to have Voices for Children to help us out with that kind of stuff. We also partner with other agencies. So I can say that the Guardian Ad Litem works with Eckerd to coordinate Formally Yours Tampa. And that's where we have formal wear for young girls and men to come in and they get to choose their formal wear. We have um, a room full of dresses and shoes and accessories. We have a room full of suits and shoes and socks and shirts and ties for the, the young men. And we don't ask them any questions. We, we just say, you know, is there a particular color that you're looking for? And we allow them to make the choices. And it gives them that power. And they get to make decisions. I'll add in, too. I will say our program is amazing. I mean, Voices for Children, the aspects of what we do. And we do make a massive difference in Hillsborough County and in the state of Florida. And I can tell you, I, I work on a committee through the State Guardian at Lightroom Program And there is probably 25 of us who's been in the system. And I can tell you one common thing that this group of young adults, you know, we all express is from most of them, it's our guardian at Lida made a huge difference. You talk to foster families and adoptive families, they all tell you the same thing. A guardian at Lida made a huge difference. In areas of a a case where things aren't moving, the, the guardian at Lida came in and we got things moving. Additionally, like our program provides opportunities for our volunteers to take their kids out to a ball game or take them out to an event. And I know one of the coolest events we did was with the Bucks. We took our kids, I took two of my kids out to a, a Bucks game, and I got to attend the Bucks game with their attorney that also represents them. And for them to be able to have that interaction, I feel is very important to going in and also representing them in court. That's amazing. Yeah, because I know that you make such a huge difference being that outside person that comes in and it's like, you know, hey, I got you. But at the same time, it's not just 
it's not like these kids are only seeing you when things are going wrong or, you know, that kind of thing. So that's it's so important that you do have the opportunity to not only be there to kind of get to know them, but you actually get to do fun stuff together. We get to go to the movies. We get to go to games and we get to, you know, we, we want to encourage normalcy for children in foster care. And this program provides many opportunities for that. What would you say to someone who is considering volunteering as a guardian ad litem? I'd say do it. I'd say get involved. This is a wonderful program. There's many other programs for people to get involved for youth. But I think this program makes the biggest difference. These are children impacted by trauma, right? And I think as a whole, looking at juvenile justice rates and looking at crime rates and stuff like that, Everything starts from something. It's a snowball effect. And for us to be able to come in, we're not, cl- we're not taking away all the trauma. We're not taking away the damage. But we are there to provide support and assistance in making a difference because that difference will go a long way. And if you have it in you to serve your community, if you have it in you to, hey, maybe just dedicate a couple hours just to spend time with a kid and see what's going on in their life and just be that person they can talk to, this is the role for you. And once again, Yvonne, let's mention how to become a volunteer. You said that there is training involved. Yes, there is. We have monthly training classes. For anyone that would like more information, they can visit our website galtampa.org and we have weekly information sessions so if someone wants to learn you know like a 360 degree view of what it is to be a volunteer every Thursday at noon we do a zoom session so we talk about being a volunteer from the beginning to the end it's a great time for people to learn more about it they can check us out on Facebook of course guardian ad litem of Hillsborough County but they can always visit our website with all of that information and as a volunteer Can a person say, I would be more passionate to work with teenagers as opposed to small children? Like, can a volunteer kind of dictate who they work with? Absolutely. Our volunteers basically select the children that they'll serve. You read information about what brought them into care. Then you choose a case from there. You can choose it by age group. You can choose it by location. Choosing by location can get a little tricky because foster children move placements. So you have to be prepared for that. And Hillsborough County is a big county, so that's a challenge. But you do get to choose. You get to, to look at the situation that the child is in or and that the child was in and then make your selection from there. Is there anything that we haven't covered today that either one of you would like to touch on? I think that there's probably very few people in our community who don't watch the news and think, oh my gosh, what, what is happening and, and why is this happening And I think we all have to take some responsibility in that. And our children are our future. And if we're not willing to invest 10 to 12 hours a month for the future of our community, you know, I grew up in Tampa and I I just appreciate the community that we have and the amazing support that our program has received when we've needed things and and asked for things from our community and through our nonprofit. So I, I just always appreciate that. But I think there's many people in our community who think this isn't for them, but I think Derek and I would would tell you it is for you. Honestly, get involved and see because, you know, she's right. It, it, these are the children of our future. This is the direction our future is going in. So to spend 10, 12 hours a month 
get involved, you make a difference. You really do. Yvonne Maroney, Community Outreach Coordinator, and Derek Perez, Volunteer Extraordinaire. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to call you. That is your, your official title. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your time and sharing your stories about Guardian Ad Litem. Thank you. For more information about Guardian Ad Litem in Hillsborough County or to become a volunteer, please visit galtampa.org. And for surrounding counties and across the state of Florida, go to guardianadlitem.org. Thank you for listening to Be More Unstoppable. This podcast is produced by WEDU-PBS in West Central Florida. For more information, please visit wedu.org slash unstoppable.